Who is Packers second round pick Christian Watson from North Dakota State? Where did he come from? How did he get to this point in his career? And how does he answer for the criticisms of his productivity, of his readiness to compete in the NFL? Hear it from the man who covered him in North Dakota State and who also covers the Green Bay Packers. It's the perfect mix. Let's have some fun. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. We are not going to waste any time. We are going to get into it with Ross Uglum from Packer Report, also of Bison Report. There is not a better person, aside from maybe Christian Watson himself, which is, by the way, something we are efforting, uh, to talk about Christian Watson, his fit with Green Bay, his journey, and everything that he brings to the Green Bay Packers as the highest receiver the Packers have drafted since Javon Walker, just a couple spots higher than Jordy Nelson was picked. And I think that Ross is a big fan of Christian Watson. I don't think that I know that. And so I also wanted to make sure that I was going to press him on, okay, where does he need to get better? How can he improve all that kind of stuff? Not just, oh, hey, isn't he great? So here is Ross Uglum from Pack Report and Bison Report to give us the skinny on the newest Packers receiver. Joining me now, he is my former editor at Packer Report. He is also at the Bison Report, which is why he is here. Ross Uglum joins me now. Uh, Ross, when the Packers moved up to get Christian Watson, how far from your mind were pants? <laughs> <laughs> certainly nowhere near um you know i i like to because like a lot of the times i'll go on now obviously that time i just jumped on to what she said tv was doing live because i wanted to i felt like i needed to interact with people if i went um <laughs> just like this i didn't know what i would do with myself so uh, i jumped into like a big chat there but i like to put like our group dm for our draft coverage at a pack report i like to put it down so that I can really get like a true reaction to the suspense of the announcement. Right. Yeah. And um, I was able to pull that off. I set the phone down when they traded up. I didn't want anybody in our group to tip it. Like I'm glad that they tipped it. So we were able to get our content out as soon as possible and get those sweet, sweet clicks. But um, you know, I, I uh, was able to just see it happen and I didn't put my phone face down. I put my phone face up on like the ottoman and it was just bing, 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 because like I'm getting texts, <laughs> I'm getting Twitter notifications, yeah, tagged people, and everything, yeah, tagged in everything, you know, people asking where my pants are, do I have them on? Did I have any on in the first place, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my pants were top, but uh, quite the top of conversation actually on, uh, 
on Friday. So now it's fun. It, it was fun. It's part of your brand, Ross. That's yeah, exactly. uh, that's it's it's uh, it's part of the deal. So l- let's let's deep dive a little bit into Christian Watson, the player, the person, um, because you've been uh, as close to that uh, program as, as anyone over the last few years. You've got to see him play in person. You've got to to talk to him. I want to talk about some of the the criticisms that have been out there. All of this, we're gonna we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of it. But when was the first time? He he made you turn your head and go, wait a second. Who is what is what is this? Who is this? Oh, I mean, fall camp. Fall camp. I I um they were deep. Re- I mean, really deep at the receiver position, his true freshman year. And at that time, the transfer portal wasn't really a thing. Um, the four-game rule didn't exist. So like you just kind of knew like he was gonna redshirt, but it's it, it's FCS program. Like it's not Alabama. You don't just you're not a five star. You roll in there, you play right away, it, and and then you bounce after three years. It's, that's not the deal. A lot of, in fact, in my opinion, a lot of the reasons that North Dakota State is nine and three in all true road games in their twelve opportunities to play FBS opponents um, is because it's a lot of twenty three and twenty four year old men that have played together for five years, just right. physically dominating the opponent. Uh, but you just don't see kids like him. Um, I, I think he's allegedly grown one inch from six, three to six, four, uh, from when he turned 18 to now when he's 22, but, uh, still you don't see six, three kids that are just, just shredded like that. Um, in Fargo, generally a lot of, uh, you know, five foot 10, five, 11, six, one grinders from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and a Schwabanon, Wisconsin, man, like we, they get a lot of the kids in, in all serious. No, they get a lot of the kids um, that the Gophers don't want and that the Badgers don't want. And that that like tier is 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 where a lot of their kids come from. But they did start going into Texas and Florida to get skill kids, to get speed kids, corners, receivers, returners, et cetera. Uh, even tailbacks like one of their their two top guys at tailback now arguably are from Georgia and Texas. Um, and and C-Dub was just a part of kind of that Florida pipeline that included a, a lot of other really good players. So this is a, a an offense that is not going to allow for anyone to go out and catch 100 passes. It's just not what they do. That's not the Big 12. It's not the SEC. How how did you see just let's let's put the criticism of it aside. Sure. How did just from strictly I cover and watch this team every day, how did you see his evolution as a receiver in terms of market share, target share, all that stuff? I mean, truly incredible, Um, you know, kind of came to campus with the uh, the reputation of of a, a little bit of a pain in the ass, to be honest with you. Like as far as, you know, maybe not showing up for meetings on time or not doing the little things right. Like he was an alien. He knew he was an alien. He's like, I am the most athletic dude on this entire field. And, um, you know, you got to block, you got to block there. That's the number one thing you've got, you've got to block. And so you go back and look at his, you talk about market share, you talk about playing time, whatever, like you go back and look at, at his red shirt freshman year, which by the way, that clip that I posted against the team in the red jerseys that was in the Dakota dome against the university of South Dakota, catching a ball from Easton stick is one of probably 10 or 12 receptions from his red shirt freshman year. But th- that's like when you start like, Oh, this dude is actually different. And I posted that to show that he has some different traits and skills than, than Valdez Scantling, which is a, a popular comp. And if we want to get into why I hate that comp, we, we certainly can, but um, then you just moved on. And, and one of the big things too was uh, Easton stick loved Darius Shepard. 
And there was a damn good reason for that. Um, Packers <laughs> legendary Shepard. Yeah, well, but, but you think of, you know, North Dakota state's level of football and, I'll, you know, people get after Shep because of the, the fumble against Indianapolis and, and a couple other things. But you think about his story, camp invite to 53 man roster. Like that was impressive. We need to, I think, observe more of the positive things of Darius Shepard's time as a Packer than the negative. He's still kicking around in the USFL. Um, but, but you just had a receiver that dominated um, at that level that was older than him. And he, he still got his, but he really didn't break out until. Easton moved on, Shep moved on, and Trey Lance became the quarterback. And those two had a connection. Why then are we hearing about, oh, he didn't produce with Trey Lance. The numbers aren't gaudy. What is what is the what is the explanation for that if there is one? Yeah. Um, the explanation for that is a very simple one. And it's twofold. And and you know, I, I, I've wanted to kind of combat this criticism with some facts. And, and then here are, are one more of a subjective, subjective fact, and then another set of just stone cold facts. And the set of stone cold facts are during uh, Christian's career, the team went 52 and four, 52 and four, <laughs> uh, won three division one FCS national championships. They won by an average of 37 to 12. So he was literally seated for large portions of fourth quarters. <laughs> And they ran the ball 2,000 – I'll just say it – I'll say it this way. They ran the ball 2,500 times during his time there, and they threw it 1,000. Mm. They threw it 1,000 times during his four-year career. I don't, like, I don't know what else to tell you. And by the way, it worked. They were winning 37-12, to 12 and they went 52-4. and four. So, look, I, I mean, if they were would have been losing in more second halves, there might have been some sweeter numbers. but. Like they, by the way, had some sweet stuff in for Trey Lance and him, frankly, to run the football as well. You go look at his rushing stats, but I mean, go look at the box score from North Dakota State's one national championship game with Trey Lance, a quarterback. I think Trey ran it 26 times and I think they ran it 48 times and they won the game. That is North Dakota State football. It's not the triple option. It's not the veer, but it's a lot of 22 personnel. It's a lot of 21 personnel. A lot of A-gap power, a lot of G. I mean, it just, they were not behind and needing to throw it. And like I said, a lot of times, man, against Youngstown State, Indiana State, and you can use strength of competition as a criticism. I, I'll disagree with a lot. I, I think their league is better than the Sun Belt. I think their league um, is right there with the, the Mountain West. I think there is, you know, a few other FBS leagues that the top half of the Valley would just absolutely smack. Um, but just for, just for some perspective here, I, I yeah. don't mean to interrupt, but, but Gardner Minshew in his last year at Washington state threw the ball 662 times yeah, in, in a season. Exactly. exactly. And they threw the ball a thousand times in his career, right. a thousand, a thousand forty to, to be exact. And that's by the way, by the way, is with current NFL quarterback, Easton stick and current NFL quarterback, Trey Lance, all dra- both drafted in the top five rounds these are not like oh well they didn't have a dude they had a dude i don't know how many other schools in the entire country can say that they produced a first round pick and at least a fifth round pick during one player's career oklahoma and then i I don't know you know who else it uh but anyway that that's kind of the deal is is if you want to talk about numbers and production they won and they won by running the ball 
All right, more from our conversation with Ross Uglum in just a second. Before we get there, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Did you make some money betting on the NFL draft? Well, if you didn't, or if you missed the opportunity, there's still NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, now the NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup, the race for Lord Stanley's Cup. Why not make some money on that? And the best place to do it is at Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, plus live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. All right, back to Ross. So, okay, so you have to be able to block. You have to be able there. He didn't have huge opportunities. And, and I've been saying for the entire draft process, 90 plus percentile and dominator. So when they produced, when they had yards, when they had touchdowns through the air, he did the thing. Oh like yeah. That's, that's what you'd like to see. There is this, this other part of um, the MVS comp. And I know that, yeah. that you want to do some anti MVS propaganda here. Um, and it's, to I me, like it's not, it, quiz. I like, no, it's, no, no, yeah. I know. I know. That's the thing is, yeah. I, I, I think you, if you put him in that role this year, that can be, he can do it, Yeah. but there's so much more yep. that you can see with him. He's he, and, and Jim Nagy from the senior bowl said this, he's a much looser athlete and Stronger. you see it with the ball in his hands. Yeah. He can do things in open space. MVS was all speed. This is no shade at MVS, who is a really, really good downfield receiver, one of the best pure deep threats in the game. By the way, and people don't understand this, specifically Packers fans, like an elite fifth-round pick. Absolutely. An elite fifth-round pick. And got paid. Like We know that because he got paid by Kansas City. He cost so much, Green Bay could not afford to keep him, basically. So... It, we we do need to have that caveat. Like if he's MBS, yeah. that's a good, that's a good player. That's a useful player. But you and I both think I'm gonna have a lot of crow to eat, but yeah. <laughs> well, but but that's a useful yeah. player. And you yeah. and I both think he can be a better player. So yeah. rather than just say this is why he's not MBS, tell me why you think he's more than that. Uh yeah, a couple of things. He's a better blocker. I mean, um, no question about it. That was the first thing out of Matt LaFleur's mouth is we love the way he blocks. And people be like, Oh, cool, he's a tight end. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> it's important. Keeps you on the field. Keep because the thing about that is like when Scantling's not on the field and, and Lazard was, teams are thinking run. If you can get a guy who can kill you both ways, you're less scary. Like when people when you put Mercedes out there and Lazard, it's like, oh gee, I wonder what's coming. The right. dual threat thing is important, even at receiver. Contact balance is a huge one. Um, I'll put up a clip of of this thing he did uh, against South Dakota State, which has a bunch of pros, and you know, like I said, we we'll probably go seven and five in the Mountain West. Honestly, I, I mean, Pierre Strong Jr. just got taken by um, the Patriots. The Steelers, I think, took their quarterback in the seventh round or somebody took their quarterback in the seventh round. Um, but the, he broke like four tackles on one comeback to the sideline. And you, you see that when he runs the ball too, you see that by the way, this is the next one I'll say that makes him different. All American kick returner as a junior, as a senior, they just didn't kick him the ball. All American kick returner as a, as a junior and, you know, the final thing really is that fluidity. Like you, 
you can see it in his ankles. You can see it in his hips. There's a screen grab that I think Mike Renner put up from the pro from the uh, senior yeah, ball. From the senior ball. When he's like at a 45 degree angle running a slant on some DB that obviously got drafted the senior bowl. By the way, shouts to the senior bowl, 106 senior bowl participants drafted. Yep. Um, but man, like you, you can just see the ankle flexion and the hip flexion and the ability to sink and the ability to win in the intermediate. Now, People and I believe the corners it. at the senior bowl voted him like basically yeah, toughest, t- toughest cover at, at the game. So like we, we talk about the level of competition when he was given the chance to go against major school guys, <laughs> they didn't want none. <laughs> they, didn't, yeah. they didn't want the smoke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing. Like, and, and I get the other part of it is the route tree. I understand that um, North Dakota state's offense was very much a gap power, a gap power G option read. Fake a gap power, throw a seventy yard post to Christian. Like that was the <laughs> offense, man. They'd hand it to him, they'd smoke it out to him, and then they bomb it to him. Um, you know, one place where I think you can see a uh, little behind, you know, little I guess inside baseball. But when Trey Lance, I mean, look, when you're North Dakota State, man, you don't expect your your QB to leave as a redshirt sophomore. Does does not happen, right? <laughs> so when they lost Trey Lance, they went in the portal, and, and Quincy Patterson from Virginia Tech had lost that job to Hendon Hooker. Well, Quincy and um, Trey were boys, and Trey was like, "Oh, they will get you ready for the pros. Like if you're that dude, they'll figure it out. I'm here, Easton's here, Carson's here, like they'll, they'll get you figured out." And so they get former four star Quincy Patterson in there, who is an unbelievable athlete. I think he has a chance at the NFL as a tight end or maybe like an H back but was not incredibly accurate with the football and then dinged up his shoulder. And they replaced him with Cam Miller, who's the quarterback. If you happen to watch um, any of his tape from the second part of the season or the national championship game against Montana state, whatever they're losing at halftime of that game. Patterson throws a pick on the plate where he's injured and Cam Miller comes in and he's got one vision, man. Like you watch Christian Watson when they're losing a game, take over the game and bring them back to win it by the way, in a situation, like I said, 52 and four in a situation, they weren't in very often. And he just took the game over. And by the way, I think that corner, I know the corner was first team all league. I think he's got a chance of getting drafted. He's coming back this year. Um, Missouri state. I can't remember the young man's name. I'll tweet it out later, but I think he's a legitimate sixth, seventh round priority free agent type guy. And Watson was just like, Oh yeah, this is my game. We are not losing this game at home on homecoming, I, I, I'm that dude. And he was, he was that dude. You mentioned coming in with a little bit of a, an attitude, a yeah. little bit of a, I'm, I am that guy. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there was a maturity there? Because what Matt LaFleur said about Christian Watson was he was one of the smartest yeah. guys we had in the building. He was one of the most mature guys he had in the building. They were, they fell in love with Christian Watson, the person. So Chris Kleiman, who's the head coach at Kansas State University, is the staff that recruited Christian. But Matt Entz, who is the current head coach now, was Trey Lance's head coach, et cetera, um, was on staff as the defensive coordinator. Not a ton of interaction, obviously, with Christian, but was on staff when he arrived. Matt gets borderline emotional when he talks about the transformation that Christian Watson has made as a leader, as a person. Um, over the last five years, whether it's leading the younger receivers in the meeting room, whether it's taking accountability, uh, he just has 
is, like I said, kind of a pain in the ass as an 18-year-old kid to this man that we know now. Um, and I know Christian a little bit. Obviously, you're not going to do what, what I do. I'm very much on the beat uh, with with Green or with with North Dakota State. Um, I farm some of that out to our guy, Andy Herman, your favorite, uh, in Green Bay. But it's like I can't live in two places at once, you know. Um, so my my role with North Dakota State is much more day-to-day. And you're around these guys. And, and, and I know Christian, I mean, he shot me a DM after the uh, opening press conference of his, he was like, yeah, it threw me off that you were in there. And he wasn't ready for me to be in the zoom when he got drafted uh, to the Packers, but you, you get to know these kids. And, um, you know, he was never rude or standoffish to me. I think, you know, they were, he was smart enough to understand how to handle the media. But when you talk to coaches, when you talk to teammates, um, his evolution, if you will, from day one to year five was incredible. And it doesn't surprise me that he was a, um, the top receiver with the Wonderlick as much as you may not believe in or like the Wonderlick, whatever, but it doesn't believe me that he was the top of the tops. And it doesn't believe me that Matt LaFleur gushed about him. It's unbelievable what that, the culture of that program did for that kid. All right, we're going to finish up here with Ross Unlocked on Packers. But before we get there, today's episode brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait behind the counter while the person orders whatever parts they happen to carry? You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to all of your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL. The schedule may be dark. The new schedule comes out in just a couple days. But the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insight and opinions from hosts like Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, plus a cadre of NFL hosts from around the Locked On Podcast Network. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. All right, here's Ross. Okay, so we've talked about why you like him. We've talked about what you think the growth has been. Where do the where is the growth needed so that he can reach his pinnacle? Yeah, um, you know, like Devontae, like Jordy, like James Jones, he needs to catch the football, and and that's a you know the drop rate was high, and I've explained that away a little bit too. I, I, I look, man, I, I spend a lot of my time defending Christian Watson out in these streets, so I feel like a cheerleader sometimes, but. It really is true. So, like, for example, Carlos Correa just signed with my beloved Minnesota Twins, one of the best five baseball players in the world, I would say. As of, like, five days ago, he was batting 163. Now he's had four three-hit games. Funny how that works. But what I'm saying is, like, if you were a baseball fan and it had been two and a half weeks since the season started and you looked at Carlos Correa and you saw they paid him $35 million to play shortstop and hit 160, what a bum. Well, you kind of – like get the sample size over 300 at bats, not 18. Christian's kind of the same thing. I I don't know what would have happened with more targets, but when you have the dropsies for a short time and it covers like 
41% of the targets you're ever going to get in your life in that program, <laughs> it becomes a, a more of an issue, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, that he doesn't have concentration drop issues or that he doesn't have drop issues at all. He, he does. But um, I've said it a million times and not just when discussing Christian Watson, I, I have a hard time caring. I just don't, man. Like Jordy dropped the ball. Devontae dropped the ball. Uh, James Jones. It, James Jones dropped the ball. They get over it. It's like having the yips when you're playing golf and you just can't make a three footer. Eventually you figure it out and you make a three footer. And, and ultimately too, I understand like, there's easy things for the average fan watching on TV to understand, right? Like I can see that cornerback get beat and say, he sucks. That's why I think Kevin King sucks. And I can watch that left tackle get beat and he sucks. And that's why Jason Spriggs sucks. Cause I watched his guy sack our quarterback. A drop is easy. You don't have to know nothing about football, right? When the ball is thrown to receiver and he drops it, that is bad. And I'm not calling all fans idiots. I'm just saying like, that's a very easy. I can't believe you just called all fans idiots. Yeah, that's a very easy thing to see. But honestly, Peter, the difference between a wide receiver with great hands and a wide receiver with drop issues is like two drops in a season or nine. And I just don't care enough about those seven plays. I just, I just don't. I think the other thing is when we evaluate prospects, you want to see, are they natural catchers of the ball? Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why Marquez Valdez Scantling had some drops is he's like not a supernatural catcher. Like you watch Devante. Yeah. Devante is one of the most natural catchers of the and football I have ever seen. And, right. and, and the drop. joke about Devante yeah. Adams used to be that he couldn't catch. I mean, yeah. he was, he was the, the dog being thrown the ball beam. Like that, that was how people knew him. I don't, I don't think that's Christian Watson. I think he is someone who is a more natural catcher of the ball. In fact, one of the first things I wrote in my notes is that he was a natural catcher. And then of course he, he goes out and there's the clip that, that's going around Twitter of him doing the MVS where he's 40 yards open down the field and yeah. just loses the ball. I actually, yeah. I, and, and I wasn't there for the post game. I would love to know if he just lost that in the lost lights. The ball in the lights. It's, yeah, it looked to me like he lost it in the lights. I can't say for sure, but um, this is someone that I know. I know you were high on. Um, I, I, I was high on, not as high as you, but but I think we, you and I were both someone who was higher than consensus on him, and yeah. think this is a really exciting pick. Get, set, help me set as we as we close here. Last one. Help me set reasonable expectations for year one because yeah. I said yesterday on the show I would not be surprised if Romeo Dubs was a more productive year one player, and Christian Watson in three years or two years was the more productive player. Yeah. You know, it's people keep saying raw and, and I, I don't think he's that raw. Like I think if he takes to coaching, which he has done, I think he can kind of do everything. Um, I think opportunity, I'd be surprised if he's not more productive than dubs just because like, I, I, I think from a, a draft status standpoint, like if they line up on the first play of the season in 11 personnel, Christian's going to be out there. I, I, I really believe that. Um, but like 40 balls, you know, I, I honestly, I, I don't want to set expectations that are unrealistic. I think um, the dangerous part without with, with saying like, oh, he's this raw, unproven prospect is in like a week, he turns 23, man. I mean, that that's we keep talking about 
the olds. You and I keep talking about the olds and, <laughs> and he's an old, like, I don't, I don't think you can wait till he's 26 to try and get something out of him. I, I think right. that's kind of nuts. So um, I, I think they'll figure it out. You know, I think some manufactured touches early mesh. I think you'll murder people on Matt because my theory is like, they'll try and man these guys up. They'll be like, I oh, know Devante, these guys all suck. We'll just play man. And if they get him on a crosser at six, four, two, ten running four, three, three, it's going to be a real problem, even for NFL athletes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, third receiver, third, fourth receiver on the team at, at the end of the year and like a receptions total, like I think Lazard will probably catch more balls than he does. Um, I, I think Cobb will probably catch more balls than he does, but ultimately maybe even Watkins, if, if Rogers and Watkins get going early, but ultimately I think like what you'll see in weeks 10 to 17 will be different than what you'll see weeks one to nine. I think Watson is going to be more of like a sophomore breakout player than a third year breakout player. That's just my opinion based on where I think he's at as a player and age. I mean, just flatly age. Like I think you're 20 age, your age 24 season, you should be ready to go. And I think he will be. He also needs to, I think, put on like maybe five to, to 10, maybe. Uh, just from, uh, uh, He's, yeah, he's help, shredded, help me, help me get off. Yeah, he is. I, but I'd, yeah. I'd like to see him just get a little stronger, keeping guys off his body at times. Yeah. It's just one of those. And maybe it is just a technique thing. Maybe it's not a, a strength thing. Um, that's, that's the only other place that I, that I would quibble and say, Hey, this is a place I'd like to see him get better. But man, this is, it's an easy pick to get excited about if you're a Packers you fan. See, no, no you question see about that it. the functional strength is there when he's run blocking. Yeah. When he, you when know? he just trucks dude there, I saw a clip on Twitter where he just like, he runs 10 yards at a guy and just puts him in the ground. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So if he's going to, if he's going to, we talk about this with pass rushers, convert speed to power like that, then yeah, maybe it's just a technique thing and he needs to, we need to get James Jones in, in there and, and help him and help him get a, get a little bit more refined there. And then he can, he can cook Ross. This was great, man. Let, let my listeners know where they can find all of the stuff that you do from, from North Dakota state to Packers and more. Yeah. Oddly enough, uh, Bison report and Packer report are the names of the two Easy. businesses. Um, Packerreport.com. Bisonreport.com does the same thing. Uh, we'll have some VIP stuff coming up all week. My guy Owen Reese is breaking down the two offensive line or the three offensive line draft choices. I will break down Christian Watson and maybe get a couple other, you know, positional experts, or I'll, I'll do it myself. I kind of know what I'm talking about, but we'll have some VIP content for the folks. And then um, we've been really good at putting out free content as well. I mean, every day there should be two or three Packers stories up on Packer Report. That has been our MO in the past, and we will continue to do that. Uh, we've we've even got some draft stuff up there right now. I'm at Ross Uglum on Twitter, as it says right there on the screen. And I hope you enjoy everything we do. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Pete. All right. I want to thank Ross for joining the show yet again. Ross is uh, great. And I thought that was a, a really insightful conversation on who Christian Watson is, where he came from, and, and answering a lot of the questions that people are inevitably going to have about the productivity, the offense, the fit, the NFL readiness, and all of that. I, I think Ross is right to say you can't wait until year two or year three, excuse me, for him to produce. The question is, is he ready to produce? Is he ready to take that leap in year two? That is why you don't draft older players. So this is an interesting dichotomy. He needs to be a dude like next year. Can he do that? Can he be a dude this year? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. All right, we're going to do this a bunch more with this draft class to give you really in-depth. And I'm not done necessarily with Christian Watson by any means. 
I'm going to keep efforting options to go deep into this draft class if I can. People that can bring you more insight and analysis on these players so that we know them front, back, side to side by the time that we see them on the field come July and August. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Tomorrow, we're going to go over winners, losers, mostly where I won and lost, what we got right, what we got wrong about this Packers draft and where we go from here. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay. Locked on Packers.